What's up, everyone? This is Goldilocks, former TNA backstage interviewer, manager, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line podcast. Thanks for being here. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. We're back with episode 140 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Downing Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, last week, Diamond Dallas Page, bang, made his TNA debut, attacking Raven with the diamond cutter, saying that there's unfinished business. I explained, I explained potentially what that business could be. I doubt it. It's about the U.S. title. Uh, in the spring of 98 could be i think it might be man what other business do they got did like know. raven drop out of the hunt for undertaker's wife with uh ddp or oh maybe raven was like i'm out bro and that's then a, that's an interesting potential thing uh maybe raven was like i'm not doing that uh ain't yo mama's yoga shit with you right now and then he's mad about that um i don't know is yeah. DDP even going to wrestle? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. There's no guarantee. He could pull a Hogan and just be like, you know what? I did this to get more money from the uh, JWB. It ain't coming in. This doesn't work for me, brother. And then he's going to go work WrestleMania 21 in Hollywood. And he's going to fight The Undertaker in a casket match. Wow. That sounds uh, that's some very intriguing potential booking there, but I don't think. The Undertaker's that. Revenge. That's what they're calling WrestleMania. Undertaker's Revenge. I know Taker's Revenge wasn't in your house. It doesn't matter. I was going to say, right. I know it was. But at WrestleMania 21, it's WrestleMania 21 goes Hollywood, Undertaker's Revenge, and it's going to be a casting match, him versus DDP, with Sarah at ringside. And maybe Kimberly's there, too, for fun. Oh. Maybe they're divorced by now. I have no idea. Uh, I don't think they're divorced. Though. Maybe Undertaker and Sarah are, too. I don't know. You should now. I'm thinking about it, you should get that. Because Sarah. Anyway, anyways, yeah, this is about TNA. Um, crazy uh, show, man. We have the official name of the group, the Kings of Wrestling. Kings of Wrestling. Um, that happened. There was about a 15 minute promo in the beginning of the show relating to that, which I did. I, you know, I'm gonna blame myself. I did say I wanted a promo heavy show. Um, I don't know if that's quite the promo we needed for 15 minutes, but. Um, what else happened? A bunch. I don't know. I got the card right in front of me. We can do a quick rundown. We do have a lot to talk about before the show, Bob, and a lot of really exciting stuff um, to discuss. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, I think it's only going to keep getting hotter. So let's run down the card real quick from last week, and then we can get going into this show. Uh, Three Life Crew defeated Jason Static, Justin Cage, and Scotty Matthews in about 32 seconds. Yeah, more on that in a minute. <laughs> um, uh, K- are you kidding me? There's something to come out of that. Uh, Kazarian, Kid Cash, and Michael Shane defeated Hector Garza, Leparc, and Psychosis in a minute fifty nine seconds. Monty Brown defeated Raven in four minutes fourteen seconds, and that was because the ref got knocked down with the pounce. And as Raven went for the Raven effect, that is when Diamond Dallas Page came out and hit him with the diamond cutter. 
Chris Saban defeated Alex Shelley in 2 minutes, 13 seconds. And after the match, Petey Williams ran out, went for that destroyer. But Chris Saban did, in fact, know a counter for it. He hit the cradle shock and left Petey Williams knocked completely out. Done. Couldn't believe it. And then in the main event, AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy defeated the Naturals in 5 minutes, 16 seconds. But after that, the Kings of Wrestling came out and laid them out. Yeah, they did. Uh, we also saw about 20 packages about Victory Road. A, lo- a lot of Victory Road packages. So if you're like, wow, those matches seem kind of short in time, they filled the time really good with uh, video packages. Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, we're probably going to still see more of that, right? Uh, yeah, I would have to assume. At least some of it. Um, well... Uh, a lot of these notes relate to the show from last week, and then there's some new stuff. And so I'm kind of, it might sound like I'm bouncing around a little bit. Um, and then we have some talk about um, I'm, what I'm going to say is um, a, a very famous TNA uh, video. At least it was, uh, I, I actually like really, really remember like seeing a lot about it or seeing it in general. Maybe it's from my DVD. Maybe it's because I watched it. I actually don't really remember. But we'll get to that. As well. Um, okay, well, let's just get right into it, I guess. Uh, Brian Alvarez uh, notes that he believes that this is the beginning of the end <laughs> of TNA because oh uh, we, we had the recent big debut of a big money talent like Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Randy Savage, DDP, DDP plus talks with Hogan. And uh, he notes that it looks to me like Panda is going to give this a shot with every free agent they can sign. And if it doesn't work out, that's the end. He goes on to say that Nash and Hall made their impact debut, and Nash went over his allotted time by about 10 minutes. Get meaning, out of here. Meaning the rest of the show had to be totally rearranged. Uh-huh. Uh, this was uh, this was bad for numerous reasons. First, the promo he cut was just about the worst thing I've seen on TV in a long time, as I can remember. As he stood there seemingly bored out of his skull, talking about how everyone hated him, he never wrestled, and only collected his huge paychecks. Uh, Everyone in the locker room was a goof, and uh, so on and so forth. Then a bunch of guys, including BG James and Michael Shane, went ballistic backstage on Bob Ryder because either their match was cut due to time constraints, his entrance was cut when uh, guys are less concerned about the overall well-being of the company, whether they are... um, than whether they get all their shit in. Morale is only going to get worse. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. Right. So, that explains the 30-second match. For reference. <laughs> That's why 3 Life Crew had a 30-second match on TV. Um... I'm going to hold on that for just a second, actually, because that's the that's my big one. I'm going to try to end with that. Um, Let's see here. Bah, 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 bah. We have there's so much stuff, man. I'm just trying to kind of feed through it a little bit. Uh, we talked about the Victor Road Bice. Um, I know this should have been set up better. Well, let's just uh, let's just talk about some Randy Savage news. So there was certainly speculation, and being wrestling, there would be, that the Hogan-Randy Savage thing was a work on their part. 
Now, we talked in a little bit in depth about what happened. Hogan showed up at Victory Road. Savage was pissed. He quit, blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's speculation that without letting the company know that they worked this. Um, now, Dave notes that he does not think that it was. Uh, and I'd go as far to say that I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure on this one. Uh, the idea that Savage would walk out just a few hours before showtime, causing them to have to rewrite the entire show, which Savage was prominently figured into, makes me think that isn't the case. Although if it is, nobody believes the company was part of it. So, pretty wild. Uh, and it does note that Savage and TNA were um, back talking on November 10th, um, after he no-showed, and then um, they came to terms a few days later that Savage would return. Okay, so, so, that, so that would be after the comment that he was beaten up. Yes. Because that taping was on the 9th. So yeah, pretty pretty kind of crazy stuff going on with that. And we're, we're only going to keep talking more about that um, as we kind of move forward. Because it's, uh, it's, it's going to be pretty big shit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we talked briefly already about the P.U. Williams Chris Sabin exhibition title match. Uh, of course, we we know he, he found the counter of the move. I guess that's really all that notice, and we already kind of talked about that, so we don't need to talk about that. There is someone who's asked for the release, Bob. Um, this is going to come as a shock to you because they were given the release. So somebody asked for the release, and they got it. Am I, am I going to guess? You don't have to. You probably will never guess this one. Okay. Is it? It's our performer. Yeah. Russell. Yeah. Got it. It is. Chad Collier. Yes. <laughs> I never would have said yeah. Chad Collier. Yeah. What? Well, of Wait course. a minute. Hang on a minute. I thought he was the one guy that didn't get a contract. You must have ended up getting one after all. Now, as we know, the company wasn't using him, and he uh, he's also lost interest in the company. Uh, he was never told that he was booked for Victory Road until he read it on the website, and he had already booked himself on two Ring of Honor shows that weekend, um, which he's more interested at this point in trying to get into WWE, Japan, England, and working Ring of Honor, and leaves for a lengthy tour of England this week. Yeah, I know. I mean, he his style is, I think, kind of more of a uh, Japan style. Or Ring of Honor. Thing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah, uh, he's gone. See you, Chad. That's hilarious. Uh, we talked briefly on our last episode about um, Ron Nimi. I think I'm saying that right. I keep saying that, but uh, and his NWA Florida crew um, and the the issue with the pay and all that. Now apparently TNA is back on paying enhancement guys a hundred dollars, but <laughs> um, uh, Ron and his NWA Florida crew have officially pulled out. I kind of teased that, I think, on my note last week. But um, he said because no pay is being offered and there's still guys who owed money from the dates, they've worked and are, are uh, getting a runaround. Uh, there's no points in guys missing work for these shows. That's what we talked about last week. And if the money was offered, he'd hope TNA would use his guys. Now, Roderick Strong of NWA Florida may still wind up being used since they like him, and he may be getting a contract. Uh, Bill Barons is booking mainly wild side guys or Florida guys not affiliated with NWA Florida. Uh, the TNA side believes that the hundred dollars, if more than, is more than fair, uh, since most of these guys work for twenty five dollars or so on the weekend shows, 
Now, the other side of the coin is $100 isn't enough because the local guys are made to look like jokes in front of their hometown fans. That's, I mean, that's true. So they're they're making 25 bucks for NWA Florida. That's, yeah, I think that's what it's That's pretty much the at, gist yeah. of that. And then with TNA, they'd be making 100 bucks. I don't care yeah. if, you're, if you're making me look like a fool. I'm fine with it. If I'm making four times the amount. Right. For working I think, a I think that's an important note, yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm taking that hundred. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That just seems seems pretty obvious to me. I'd almost be more insulted to be paid twenty five bucks than nothing. <laughs> here's a couple. Here's a couple bucks for it. Here's a couple bucks. Like literally, here's twenty five bucks. Right. Or here. Oh, here's a twenty. It's like, dude, just don't even bother. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, David Sahadi, who has been producing, as Dave says, the masterpiece videotapes that we've been seeing, the video package mm-hmm. as well. Unfortunately, he's leaving December 1st. He uh, just got there. Yeah, well, he only agreed to a short-term stint as a tryout. Uh, he's working on getting a book published and never wanted to make wrestling the number one thing in his life again after leaving WWE. Now, it's a short-term departure, as he could come back as early as January. So you could call it just a vacation if you want, or an extended leave if he comes back a little bit later. So he might come back. Well, he definitely comes back, though. I was going to say, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure he comes back. I'm pretty sure he makes wrestling his life again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Um, I'm pretty sure that is most of the stuff that I needed to... Oh, wait. You know, I'll give you this, because I kind of teased it, and uh, instead of trying to squeeze it into the show somewhere. Um, so I, I kind of teased a Raven-Conan situation. Yes, you did. Uh, now, Conan was beat down and stuff like that on the last show, and Raven uh, you know, was also there. So, apparently, Dave says it wasn't really much because there was a tease that there was this confrontation. Well, Conan had been hit by the hockey stick on the hand, and he actually thought his hand might have been broken. Um, he was going backstage for ice and bumped into Raven. Raven bumped back. Somehow they had words, uh, and Conan pushed Raven. Monty Brown and Christopher Daniels grabbed Conan, and nothing much happened from there other than uh, than the one person there uh, live said Raven flipped off Conan. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't really much of anything. This started because they bumped into each other? Yeah. You like that? That's great. Getting yeah, ice. Getting ice. Um. Okay. I got one more bit, one more big one, and I got a couple small things we'll talk about during the show. But are you ready for something I have, I'm very excited to talk about? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So TNA um, apparently has set up the idea of a uh, reprise of DX invading WCW. As they were going to have... Oh, a, no. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> They were going to have Scott Hall and Kevin Nash invade the WWE Royal Rumble tapings on the uh, November 10th that were held at Universal Studios. Now you're probably thinking, well, what the fuck am I talking about? Uh, they filmed an elaborate commercial, and everyone, I, I mean, I remember this commercial a lot. Um, they, they basically brought in a bunch of big names to reprise uh, the West Side Story, except that it was like the Raw versus SmackDown teams. Um, where they that was for 2005, yeah, I guess so. Which one is the one when it's like the royalties? That 06? That's 06, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, well, apparently, by the way, just for funsies, uh, this is this cost them nearly a half a million dollars to produce 
which is absolutely <laughs> insane on a commercial that's um, just a couple minutes to remind people about the date. Well, as it turns out, Scott Hall and Kevin... It's probably a 30-second commercial. Right. But the production, wow. super high. Well, as uh, it turns out, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Ash declined the offer, being that they both have limited dates. Um, and we've heard from various sources in the company give the number between five and ten dates total. And that they've already done three of them. Is that when I said eight dates? That's why you're like, that's an interesting number. Yes, but hold that thought till next week, I think. Um, <clears throat> so they declined the offer to invade the commercial. The commercial, yeah. Because they've done three dates. Now you're wondering, no, they did not. Technically, the show we're about to watch was taped, and that's their, their third date. But isn't it the same taping? No, they don't. It's not they taped don't on tape. the same day. Nope. Oh, okay. So, spoiler: we're going to see the Kings of Wrestling. I don't think it should really be yeah. that much of a surprise. Um, and so basically, so they've already done a couple of their dates. Um, and they probably don't want to like feel like burning a bridge, right? Uh, well, so David Sahadi put it together and rounded by Tracy, who came with cookies, Abyss, who came with balloons. And Shane Douglas, who came with a microphone, and he wanted to interview Vince McMahon. <laughs> Conan, Ron Killings, and BG James were also involved and had a white flag with the idea of the white flag balloons and cookies would show that they were coming in peace. Uh, there were some concern among those uh, those asked to come up or to come that with all the WWE's top stars there, including people like Kurt Angle and Undertaker, that if WWE responded physically, that they were going to be outmanned. Now, Vince was out by himself at one point, and the TNA guys were arguing about whether to ambush him or not because they weren't ready, and they didn't end up doing that. Um, then they waited for hours for him to come back out, and he never did. Finally, they made the move uh, They made the move when a lot of the wrestlers were there, but they were all wearing wigs, and you couldn't even recognize who they were. Um, and Jericho, for example, was said to have looked like a member of the group, uh, the group, the Stray Cats. Mysterio looked like he was out on an episode of Starsky and Hudge. Uh, the guys who came out, like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, Rey Mysterio, etc., were guys that everyone in wrestling likes, and they ended up just talking. Randy Orton and Hyden Wright came out, and they were nice to all the TNA guys. So the idea of some big confrontation fell apart. Uh, the only... Uh, confirmation footage was when I'm going to mess up his name. It's a John from Tough Enough. John Big. Uh, oh. Gaburik or something. I don't know. Yeah, John G. John G. Um, he came out and he was pissed. <laughs> and it was said, so was Vince. Um, Dave says here that I'd say WWE had a right to be pissed, except that what comes around goes around and they once threatened a loss and once they apparently threatened a lawsuit if the footage wasn't giving to them. They came across like crybabies. So, this keeps going. It, this is, like, pretty elaborate, <laughs> this whole thing. They ended up filming or filing a complaint with Universal, even though TNA technically did its filming in an adjacent catering area. And uh, John G. told the TNA guys that if any of the footage is ever used, that WWE would sue them. Uh, Sahadi kept filming anyway. And when uh, jo uh, John G. there... Talked about suing. The TNA guys called up Jerry Jarrett, and he said he has lawyers too, and to keep filming. Uh, I don't know what form this will take, Dave says, or if any of the footage will end up airing. I was told that whatever TNA was trying to accomplish ended up as more of a joke than anything. 
The next day, WWE Intellectual Property VP, uh, I'm just going to call her Bella. I don't need to mess up her last name. Uh, she sent a TNA a letter uh, that to avoid legal action, TNA needed to not only agree to never use the video footage, but to surrender the footage to WWE within seven business days. And as of this week, they have not done that. Uh, while most accounts were that TNA's attempt to recreate the DX invading Nitro was completely lame, uh, Dave says, I can't even believe how lame WWE's response is for anyone who has the slightest memory of 1998. Uh, and basically, he mentions how, he goes, remember how WWF cried when Bruce Pritchard and company were told to stop filming at CNN Center, or when WW, WCW called security on the WWF was filming at WCW corporate offices, and how they made fun of it on air. So... <laughs> Uh, pretty wild stuff here, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember hearing about that or reading up about it, I think, on uh, various wrestling news sites. Um, I don't think I even thought it was real. It sounds, it sounds very made up. I mean, Abyss with white balloons. Just like, like in, in full gear. Like, I'm assuming it's full outfit. Right. So that just seems weird. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool because uh, it's like, what is that? Like, what? When I saw that this was reported here, I was like, here we go. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, my God. That's... I mean, it's just like one of those things that is just like so crazy. I can't even like think about it. Yeah, I mean, it, see, the, the problem, too. Is that I don't think it would have done anything for TNA if they if they no. air it. Because, again, the context is super important here. When, I, I think, when DX invaded um, WCW show, I mean, they were still pretty close in the ratings. I think WWE had, surpa had surpassed them by that point. But, like, it was still insane numbers. I mean, we're on a Friday afternoon lucky to get 100,000 people to watch our show, if that. And then we're going right. to invade... And then we're going to invade... Thing. I don't think that makes sense. No, I think, I mean, it's like the joke that they were, like, trying to, like, make it seem like the thing, and they, they wanted a confrontation. But, like, to me, this is set up as if it was supposed to be a joke, and that's how it turned out. So I feel like it almost turned out kind of maybe how they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, would, I would take it as an attempted joke. Yeah. I think so, too. Uh, and, I mean, I guess this one's kind of related, uh, but to a degree but apparently a wwe performer was talking with tna management and told them that virtually the entire wwe dressing room wants them to succeed which shows that they have must have smarted up uh since a great percentage were happy when wcw went down but basically this person said that everyone wanted an option if they wanted to leave anytime you have competition it's good for you it's good for you that's right if, if your contract is up and you have any sort of uh, value, and WWE wants to keep you, instead of being like, hey, you're making 300 well, now I'm going to offer you 175 No. Because you can just like, well, let's go, to, let's go to Impact. Right. No, definitely. You know, I'll work Impact and work the Indies and maybe make close to what I'm making now. So screw you. Yeah, I agree with that. That's um, the same thing now with AEW. Like People that shit on AEW, if that ever goes away... Now you're back to one. Right. Yeah, I agree. Even though I know Impact is on TV and stuff, but... Well, 
it's a little different now. Yeah. We have to admit that. I mean, it's just the truth. Um, that is all my pre-show notes. So it's getting a little crazy. It's getting a little spicy, like I said, and it's only going to get more. And I know I keep teasing it. Next week, there's some other, there's some more stuff. That's, I can't, I mean, I'm going to forget that you're teasing all this stuff, but I look forward to it. Um, I want to point out, though, that John G guy, he ends up working for Impact. Is he the one who does? Yeah. Well, then there you go. I'm pretty sure he was involved with that whole, like, gut check thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. TV. No, I think. I didn't like that. I, well, I don't like him anyway. He always bugged me on Tough Enough. So. And maybe I hate a gut check because fucking Bruce Pritchard was involved, too. Who knows? Yes, he was, yeah. So fuck that. Um, um, before we get into the show, Bob, we do have to talk about explosion and some dark matches really quick, because you know, this is just what happens during these shows. Of course. Uh, so this aired uh, explosion number one hundred four, according to Cage Match, aired the day after, so November twentieth, two thousand four, and it featured three matches. And then there's also a dark match. So hang tight. Uh, three Life Crew, all three of them. Defeated Alex Shelley and the Naturals. For some reason I kind of I, I could see Alex Shelley hanging out with the Naturals. Sure, I can see that vibe. Uh, Chris Sabin defeated Kid Romeo, and then Monty Brown defeated um, a pest whose name that we're not going to say on the show, who we've seen on Impact before. Fuck that guy! I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't need to say no more than that. Um, and then we have one dark match that did not air on Explosion, and that is, you guessed it, Bob, Titus. The former Ryan Wilson defeating Dallas. What? Yeah, I don't understand that to be honest with you, but. Uh, well, I, and I want to point about the the. I, you know, I listen to some other TNA podcasts just to see how other people think. We're not the only podcast that refuses to say his name. Well, look at that. That's okay. good to know. That is good shit. The Support. less you say the yes. name, the less uh, you know he's known, and uh, we can just forget that he ever existed. I usually do forget he exists until I see his name again. Yeah. So fucking. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into the November 19th, 2004 edition of Impact. I almost said Monday Night Raw, and I don't know why. Uh, I'm going to come down from three when I say play. That's when you want to follow along. And if you want to follow along, head over to the Impact Plus app or find it in your own personal collection like myself. Uh, so here we go. Three, two, one. starting off with our little intro here and bob like i said i do have a couple small notes to talk about during the show so i'm assuming we'll have plenty of video package time oh what is this jeff jeff jarrett kevin nash and scott hall it looks like three life crew was put into an ambulance dude is this not in wo-esque kevin nash oh they do oh no junior thing with Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh Are we my god! Just reliving all of the major spots from you know eight years ago. Amazing Red dived out of the studio, the production truck, and then yeah, Kevin Nash lawn darted him into the trailer. Oh my goodness! What a spot for Red! Damn it! That's amazing! Wow! I can't believe it. So we did that, and now we're getting highlights from. What happened last week? Wow, dude. Okay. You know, Red... that's, the, that's just the one thing that's going to bug me. Is like, are we just 
recycling the same shit that was better eight years ago. And Jarrett's the Hogan now. Well, that's not better. That's well, I, well, I'm, I well, I'm saying I'm saying better, and that's not better. Than... Who's in the limo? That's Diamond Dell's page. What now? Okay, the, this is an important question. Do you like the shock surprise of DDP on like an Impact show versus like pay per view? Like, remember we were thinking he was going to be on Piper's Pit. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to do that, you're probably better off just doing it on. Uh, it makes it feel like, wait, I might need to tune into this to see what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, that's the. That's, I missed the big moment. That's the formula of uh, Nitro. Yeah. You, oh, I can't miss the show. So if you mm-hmm. kind of incorporate that with impact and yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind that it's on TV. Because I certainly I mean, I guess I would have seen it at Victory Road if I ordered it. Because I did order it. A bigger audience, I don't think, would necessarily see it. Right. Still going on this uh, highlight. We're just seeing the Kings of Wrestling destroy Styles and Jeff Hardy. Now, apparently, they've uh, taken out Three Life Crew. I mean, if they have any TV date, I feel like a TV match with Three Life Crew, Conan, and BG James would make sense now. So. Oh, yeah. And here's our intro. Because I'm going to pay attention to the... Because you mentioned that you thought it was different here in the beginning. Different footage. Just in terms of, like, the footage that they're showing of the guys Mm -hmm. doing the moves. I would assume it'd have to be. It just... It it looked different. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. Fucking Sabu. Why did they have Sabu in there? That's what I'm saying. Like, was Sabu in there before? I don't know. Just, like, just uh, ignore me. I don't know what you're talking about. Bob, how many people do you think are in the impact zone tonight? I think a solid 450. Well, you're going to be real shocked to find out that we are full again. 850. 850 people? Oh, it's because of Hall, Nash, and Page, baby. It's got to be. Dude, it's got to be. It has be. to be, right? But we are full. And wow, is it not an impact show if we don't start off with the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett? See, now if. Here's oh, if, if we start off like this every show, I might have a problem. Oh, wait, is he wrestling? Yeah, oh, he's, he's in, in gear, gear and he's with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yeah, okay. They might be wrestling then. Is, is Scott Hall wearing a TNA shirt? Yeah, after they said they were going to take over the company and, and own it. Yeah, now he's like supporting it? Like what? I hate that shit. That drives me nuts. They don't do that. Whatever. It's all about the power. Scott Hall's like, wait, let's go over here. He grabbed Kevin Nash's arm. Uh oh. They're going to say the commentator's table? Ain't not great. Slap nuts. Nope. Speaking of slap nuts, I can't remember the last time he said slap nuts prior to when he said it on AEW when he debuted. Whoa, he, like, enhancement, he never says that. Enhancement uh, entrance. J Rock. Now, Dallas, I don't know if 
you'll remember, but J Rock was the guy that I had mentioned that uh, a promoter for IWC wanted to have him and Ray Rowe team up as the Rock and Rowe Express. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, it. That's my Indian nose for J Rock. He is primarily, uh, from what I've seen, wrestling for the International Wrestling Cartel. Uh, based out of Pennsylvania area. Um, I, some notable matches here. He lost to Jim Duggan back in July, July 2nd. Uh, and then on November 6th, he lost to T. Rantula. It's gone wild. <laughs> Wait a second. T. Rantula? <laughs> T. Rantula. Wow. Yeah. Dude, indie names are the best. They're the best. Uh, the matches officially just started. Jer attacked uh, J-Rock outside the ring with the chair even. Um, I don't know if anyone beats Mr. Spa Fitness yet, but T. Right. Ranchula might be my second favorite. Now. That's up there. This isn't. I mean, J. Rock has he's a, he's been on Explosion. Yes, back we've in the definitely seen this name before. Tennessee days, yeah. So look at Mike Tanay sitting between Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yeah, of course. Oh, the number one move in TNA wrestling. This guy already. Come on, J. Rock. Damn it. He took it pretty good. Well, you know, it's a hundred bucks. Now, this is definitely before Kevin Nash's um, incredible commentary that he does years later. Yeah. With Booker T. Right. No surprises. Nash cut his hair. I like I short hair, gray hair, Kevin Nash. I agree, but he definitely, I mean, I'm not losing my mind. He cut his Wait hand. a second. Kevin Nash did no surprises, and here's a limo. Oh, sounds like a surprise. Who's going to be, oh, wait, it's from, that's a picture orange. They're, they're yelling, get, get out of that shot. So we're almost teasing that someone's coming for the outsiders. Could it be someone they left in a pool of their own blood in the parking lot? Yeah, who knows? Know, who could who? Oh my God! I feel like every episode now is gonna be like, who's in the limo. Oh, you think they're gonna do that crap? I hope not. But at this rate, every time someone comes out of limo, it's a WCW guy. Okay, so who's next? Roadblock? No, it's you. You already said it. Who's next? Oh, <laughs> oh. Could it be? Is that Goldberg? We're seeing the Petey Williams, Chris Saban situation. So they had the same video package where he's like, I know the counter, except now we have the video of the counter. Of the proof, yeah. So we know two matches at Turning Point officially. X Division title and the tag team steel cage match. Speaking, Speaking of, Daniels in primetime behind a cage. With a truck with its lights on. Is that Dusty's truck? I and we haven't even seen Dusty since he won the job. That's so weird. What exactly is Triple X thinking? When is AW going to get through their thick skulls that we're the better team? We were the last team standing. They still think they can beat us? Just not sure. They didn't win. Are they actually inside of the six sides of steel? Like in the yeah. parking lot? Oh, yeah, they open up the cage and set it down in the inside of the cage. Did he just break an apple on the cage? Sure did. He raked it. 
cliche. Oh, they just opened it. Dude, it's literally the six sides deal in the parking lot. Are they going to ha- have a brawl? That's kind of unique. Wow. They set up a cage in the parking lot and it's like, come on. Wait oh, a this second. Is the NYC. <laughs> the NYC, but Danae just said it's Scott Hall and Kevin Ash are still on commentary. They are. Are they doing the whole show? <laughs> no way. I don't We're going to see if A&W answers the challenge. <laughs> what in the world? Speaking of A&W, here they come. That's so funny. Oh, oh shit, Jerry said it too. Here comes Virgos Wanted. This is like their signature look. I would say so. I mean, it, uh, Harris has the handcuffs in his hand after he was handcuffed just a few weeks ago. Um, they both got long jackets on, sunglasses, cowboy hat. I mean, this is this is like top tier America's Most Wanted. This is this is like AMW. Hey, we're like legit stars. Yeah. Like if you had any doubt, I mean, we have the look. We're good. NYC immediately going after Harris. Yeah, it's for Birdie double teaming. Uh, I think that is Harris, right? Yeah. Jeff Jarrett's over there yelling too. Yeah, he's yelling off the mic, so it's just yeah. a annoying sound. Oh, Swinger going for a pedigree. Super kick. Good birdie head gets super kicked first by Storm. Nice super kick too. Really nice. Now Swinger whoops into the corner. Irish whips Storm into the corner. And what are about to do? Oh, out of the corner, running bulldog. This looks like it's about to end in about a minute or so. Um, yeah. Which I think is disappointing because they really hyped up the NYC like coming back and then we're just going to like beat them up. But uh, the assisted crossbody. And then, oh, Trinity, hurricane around in the ring. No, Harris stops it. And then he the only, picks her up. The only reason I would be <laughs> bummed if NYC lost is because of Swinger. I like Swinger. Gilberti yeah. can lose in 45 seconds. I don't care. Wait, Jarrett and James Storm going face-to-face here. Is he going to... Oh, oh Storm punched Jarrett. Uh-oh, Holland Nash, are they going to get in? Uh, oh, oh, shit, shit. dude. Wait a second. Hold on. The Outsiders in America's Most Wanted. Wait, they were teasing that that's why they signed, remember? That they would beat them for the titles. Are we kind of getting closer to that being a like a reality? Disqualification. With the real-life crews injured and they're the champions? Bob, I think we're kind of setting up for this. Well, this the outsiders would have to beat three. Like, oh, they're gonna throw me in the cage for triple X. Oh shit! Oh fuck! Oh no! Wait, I like this. <laughs> I like what's happening. Even the NYC's out here. And look, this is good. They did. They threw him in the cage, and now they're that's closing good. it. That's good. Oh wow! That's good. That's good. There's, There's a, a second, second limo here. Else. What the hell? Bob, what's happening on this show? Is there about to be some like major stuff happening? White and black limos. Is the white a good guy and the black is bad? Yeah. Wait, Shane Douglas is saying, guys, there's another limo here. Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman. Limo? Sean Waltman. 
It's and maybe be. wait, and if it is, he's gonna be against them. No, he's got to be with them. No, he's gonna be against them. He's not joining them. Come on, it's a it's a swerve, bro. Swerve, bro. Uh, no, he's, I know he's not even here. He's not even here I, anymore. There's no swerve. I know wrestling. He's not here anymore. It's we got no a highlight sw- package. And this is what I was just talking about, where they eventually hear handcuff Harris. Which I think is what he didn't carry around handcuffs before he was handcuffed to the ropes, was he? Or to each other like that? Oh, I don't think so. So I think that's kind of maybe why he started doing it. December the 5th. I like that when they talk about the cage match. Now they're showing like from the best damn wrestling event period cage. They're barely showing like other stuff. It's mostly from that show. No, they were showing naturals. No, they just did. But the first. Three shots were from Hardy. And look, there it is again with the logo in the middle. Well, you know, I wonder, okay, I wonder if they kind of avoid asylum stuff because of the difference in production. Look at Nash is in the production truck. No more surprises. (laughs) Kevin, are you going to tell these guys how to run the show? Kevin Nash says, yeah, I'm running the show. Hey, don't put your damn hand on me. If you do, I'm going to sue you. You see the fingers? Ooh, he's going to sue us. Now we're going through the PD and Chris Saban thing again. But this is like Saban's music playing in the background, too. This is more of a highlight of what happened last week versus just the same package. He countered it. If you're following along at home, we're at 15 minutes and 12 seconds. It's pretty actually. See, this this first 15 minutes, way more exciting than last episode. Because right now, we would have just ended that promo. Mikey Batch and Jarrell Clark back. We have matching t-shirts and gear. They're in an official tag team now, Bob. Let's be real, though. They, I mean, they did beat the tag team champions once. They deserve a shot. Those aren't even cut shirts. Those are, like, printed on something that's already, they're like um, gym, uh, what do they call those? Smart, like, uh, it's like, no, it's like a cut tank top. Yeah, it's weird. Um, Draw Clark has a couple of indie notes. Back on November 12th, he defeated the Insane Dragon for FIP's Fallout. And then the next day, he teamed up with Insane Dragon to lose to DP Associates, which was Eddie Vegas and Jimmy Rave for FIP's Fallout Night 2. Mikey Bats, guess what? He was also on those Fallout shows. Um, oh, my God. November 12th, he lost to Roderick Strong. And then on the November 13th show, he defeated Don Juan. Don Juan. <laughs> Don Juan. We have Bobby Roode and Petey Williams versus Bats and Jarrell Clark here. This could be a good match. If it was given proper time. I actually doubt. Okay. So more just sends Clark into the uh, railing back first. Mikey Bats, a hater of anything Harry Potter, elbows Roode in the corner. And runs into a shoulder block.
Rude now hammering away on Mikey Bats. Sends him into the ropes, and there's a knee left to the midsection. Fun little stat there by Don West. He says, nobody in TNA has held the X Division title as long as Chris Sabin. Is that combined for around one reign? Um, he did not elaborate. No? I, would have, I took that as, like, he had the longest reign. I don't know if that's accurate or not at this point. Well, sometimes, like, commentators will say that, but then it's like, the guy did hold, you know, hold it eight times. So We're seeing the Kings of Wrestling. They're taking over the show. They want to have their video package shown. No. PDM standing on Mikey Bat's groin. Oh, Canada! As Bobby Roode does the sand on his heart. Love it. Well, that's what you're supposed to do when your national anthem is playing. Take your hat off. Jesus Christ. And then, uh... You can do whatever you want. I don't really care. That's true. Oh, no. Peter was sent into Roode's foot. Mikey going for a wheelbarrow stunner. Oh. Hey, and there's Chris Saban. Saban. Here comes Drell Clark, Mr. 630. PD wants a timeout, which I don't think you, that's allowed. Uh, dropkick by Rudin. Oh, that was nice by Jarrell Clark. I want to see Mr. 630 hit that. Oh. And corkscrew splash. Whoa, that was awesome. Oh, Rudin made the save. Uh, I like Jarrell Clark. That was really cool. Bobby Roode, okay, wheelbarrow to Mikey Bats. Oh, going for something, and he just throws him outside the ring and crashes to the floor, hurts his butt cheek. P. William off the rope. Nope. Kicks him. Oh, big left arm lariat to the back of the head of Jarrell Clark. And P. Williams looks like he's going for the destroyer. He's pointing at Saban. Oh, Jarrell is out. Love it. And that's it. Just under three minutes. 246, I think, was the runtime for that. Uh, yeah, great. So, well, Saban can just be like, hey, man, I countered it, remember? What's he doing? He's telling him to leave. He wants him. Come out here. Saban's like, okay. Should I do it? Do they leave yet? Oh, and here he goes. Is he going to counter it a second time? Oh, I don't know. He just countered a boot. Oh, no. Well, see, Root's there still, though. He doesn't have his legs. Oh, he's going for the cradle shock, but look at he. Reca- oh, oh, he did. No, he, he did counted again. The again. Oh, I don't like this. Now you're doing it too much. Now you're kind of making it look. Uh, see. He did it again. All right. All right. I'm not going to let that bother me. That's right. A third level. Oh, my God. What are we doing? <sighs> Jesus. That license plate said Showtime. So they're teasing Sting. All right. That's, Sting, Sean Waltman. That's what the thing said. I'm just saying. I read the license Sting. plate. It says Showtime. <laughs> okay. So we got Sting and we have Sean Waltman. What, who's the last one? Hogan. Could you imagine? I feel like they want us to think one's Randy Savage. Buff. Buff? Buff, Buff is the stuff. 
Um, okay, so interesting, though, about that license plate is if I didn't look at it, they didn't say nothing on commentary, I don't think I heard. So I think that's kind of fun because you had to, like, see the little Easter egg and be like, oh, wait a second. But at the same time, that's, I think, why that one was backing in. <laughs> They're really promoting the Saban-Williams match. Uh, you'd think it was the main event on the pay-per-view. They're really m- making this seem like a big deal. I mean, we potentially don't have a world title match, and this is the, the next best second. That's true. Title. Okay, we're here, but Kevin Nash is looking at the limos. We're with Shane Douglas, and no one is clearly in that one. Nope, Scott Hall looked in the other one. Double J, we came up empty-handed. No one is in the limos. I think we need to make a statement. No lawsuits. He goes, no lawsuits, and he goes, I might sue somebody. There's going to be punitive damages. So I'm just saying, those might be little uh, inside jokes to what we were just talking about before the show. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now we're taking a look back. It looks like about DDP's uh, debut here. Oh, dude, I got notes I can be talking about. I'm just, like, so hooked on this stuff. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Um, apparently, there's a talk of doing a Piper and Jimmy Snuka doing a tag team match in January or February. On the yeah, you're li- you are lying. <laughs> no. <laughs> you are absolutely lying to me right now. No. I don't have any more details, but there's talk. Um, it's also being said that both the December 5th and the January 16th pay-per-views are both scheduled in Orlando. What What's the date for January? 16th. Okay. So, the, so that one will be a, a few more weeks in between than this one in Victory Road. What the fuck is that? What is on his head? Raven is coming out here and he has like a Roman Emperor helmet on. Not a good look, Raven. It was a good no. try. No, yeah, this does not fit the Raven character at all. Who's is that Johnny? He bads me. Oh boy. <laughs> we get Raven and Johnny that. Get out of here. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> this show is so weird right now. This is not even remotely close to the same TNA from 2003. This is wild. This is just so weird. Hey, you want to have a good exhibition match or like some random indie guys you might know, but then also a, a piece of like WCW 96. Well, here you are because uh, this is perfect. He's got the bad blaster. Did he ever come out and not do the bad blaster? Like tease him and like, nah, I ain't doing it. <laughs> oh, no. That no. would have been a good heel Johnny B. Bad. Right? Oh, yeah. Come out and he's like, I'm going to do it. And then he doesn't do it. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm sh- there might have been a time where like it malfunctioned and didn't do it, but he didn't like purposely. I'm it. sure that happened. <clears throat> I like that it's just a, a confetti cannon. Yeah, there's nothing of significance in there. Hey, Raven immediately goes after uh, Johnny. This is not a match I'd ever guessed that we would see, especially in TNA. I feel like Raven's in slow motion right now. I, I don't know why. I feel like, like his kicks and stuff looked really slow.
is Don West saying that Johnny Vet is a breath of fresh air? I think maybe he just said that. They just messed. They messed up a bulldog there. I think Johnny fell down too soon. That's right. They want Raven to. The crowd wants Raven to give him the Russian leg sweep into the guardrail over there. No, do they? Is that what they're chanting for? Yeah, over here, over here. They're pointing at the guardrail. Deliver a subpar side Russian light sweep into our railing. That'd be great. Head scissor. Tilt a head scissor there by Johnny. High knee lift. Wasn't that great? Yeah, I mean, you know. Fighting in the corner. Looking weird. Not like looking like soft. You think it's safe to say that we're definitely going to see um, Diamonddale's page in this? Oh, oh, oh my God! Oh my I knew God. as soon as he jumped, that was not going to be good, and he landed right on his head. It's supposed to be like a, a top rope kind of hurricane rana, but it was not. Like, he, only, he, he also was under the, the arms. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh god! <laughs> he just had Buddy Andrew Thomas. <laughs> He super kicked Johnny B. Bad, who bumped into Andrew Thomas. <laughs> Even Flo DV, DDT. Yeah. Is, is DDP coming out? Yeah. There he is. I've got us. time. Raven. And Raven, of course, is going to be absolutely oblivious. And let's get around. And there's a the Diamond cutter. Bang! 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 Oh, he did suck it. Yeah, suck it. Johnny Bad crawling over. That guy's got a nice DDP shirt on from 98, probably. Andrew Thomas gets kicked, and that wakes him up. And one, two, three. Oh, my God. Johnny Bad just defeated Raven. Oh, my God. Um, That was not a good showing for Johnny Bad. So yeah, which is interesting because the last two matches we saw him in, uh, he wasn't bad. This one, no. he, he doesn't work very well with Raven. That's okay. Yeah, that was just bad. Well, we got another video package here, Bob, so I'll give you a note. Um, NWA Mid-Atlantic announced a January 19th and January 29th tour of South Korea with, you guessed it, Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, and Dusty Rhodes as the top names. Now, this would cause them, if it's true, to miss the January 25th taping in Orlando. Um, all three are also scheduled on January 29th for the IWA Russell reunion in Tampa, put on by Rob Russin. So somebody has their dates wrong. Well, I mean, if they have to miss one taping, I'm sure they can figure something out. No. Turning point. DDP in the parking lot. Oh, wait, he's getting into one of the oh, limos. Wait, that was one of his limos. I got a question to ask him. Shane Douglas, what's going on between you and Raven? You want to know why I've been tormenting Raven? It's tormenting in two weeks. He's been that trash has been living in his head rent free for two and a half years. Shane Douglas says, What the hell are you talking about? 
If you really want to know, why don't you ask the Raven? Hey, Rave. Rent's due. Raven's been living in his head rent-free for two and a half years. And the rent's due. Rent's due. Okay, so, like, why? I don't understand that. That's the point, Bob. We're not supposed to get it yet. For two and a half years? So that brings us to why? June 2002. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty interesting timeline to figure that one out. Yeah, but what did he do, though? Because, like, Raven wasn't even in TNA by June of 02. Maybe after he beat him in, uh, what, 98, he, like, stopped thinking about him for a while. And then all of a sudden, June 2002, he was like, wait a fucking minute. I hate him. I mean, Raven never has said anything about DDP, right? He maybe did a shoot interview and he didn't like it. Well, it could have been a shoot interview. Oh, well, we got Abyss now facing off against Kevin Jones. Oh, I've, been wait- I've been waiting for this match all night. We're at yeah. 30 minutes, 30 seconds now. Uh, there's one uh, indie note here for Mr. Abyss. Oh my gosh, this is kind of funny. On November, November 12th, Abyss teamed up with, with Evil Sharkboy <laughs> in a losing effort against Nate Webb and Sharkboy in a no, tag team, team tables match. Wait, who is for, Evil Sharkboy? Uh, let me click on it. A guy named Jimmy Turner. Damn it, I need to know more right now. Wait a second, there's an evil figure watching in the rafters. Uh, that that tables match, by the way, was for BPW in Middletown, Ohio. Abyss. I was thinking, oh, Shark Boy did like an evil. In, oh wait, he used the pounce to Kevin Jones. Well, I feel um, like we know our next match for Turning Point. Right. So I was thinking, well, because he picked him up for the Black Hole Slam, and now he covered him after he did the pounce. He pins him. Yeah. Um, I thought you were gonna say Shark Boy was evil Shark Boy, and then you said they fought Shark Boy, and I was like, hold on. Right. Yeah. Andrew Thomas just counted the pin again for him. He wanted to really prove that he did it. A six count. That's unique. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh no. This guy is going to go on to t- thumbtacks for 100 bucks. You better get a little bonus here. You better get a couple extra bucks. $110. He's got a bag of tacks. What we're assuming are tax. We don't really know. Is it glass? Could be glass. Is it Legos? Legos might be more painful than tax. Oh, no, it's tax. I don't think he's going to do it. I think Monty Brown's about to come out. Yeah, probably. But he's going to go for the Alpha Bomb? Oh, oh chair shot by the alpha male. Okay. Are they going to put Abyss in the thumbtacks and on a random impact right now? Yeah, oh, no. The alpha bomb. Oh. oh, pushes Monty Brown in the corner. Clothesline oh. by the alpha male. Ooh, so they dumped all those tacks for nothing. Wait, Shane Douglas is with Raven. Keep him up. Shane Douglas goes, calm down, Raven. I've known you 
for a long time. He goes, what's going on? GDP, how dare you lay your grubby paws on a deity like myself? Turning points to place. DDP, you should have stayed retired. It's not the cutter, it's the Raven effect. He's doing lots of rhymes. You never cross Raven in his home. Goodbye, Paige. Welcome to the Terradome. Oh, passionate. Screaming. Alice, I think I might have figured out what he was referencing. What is it? Well, it's not it's not from 2002, but Maybe he's blaming Raven for his uh, his separation from Kimberly Page. Mm. That happened on July third, two thousand four. Oh, really? Maybe that maybe that's the tie-in. Ooh, we're getting yeah. dirty. Also, uh, Page's current wife's first name is Page, so she is Page Page. Oh my god! <laughs> because he changed his name to Dallas Page in two thousand three. So. Wow. That's, uh... What was his name before? Well, his first... Okay, so he was born Paige Joseph Falkenberg. Oh, yeah, okay. Now he's just uh, he's just Dallas Page. When I met DDP, he signed my promo. Great name. <laughs> Great name. Great name. Bang. Bang. That's funny. Hey, Dusty Rhodes is back. Oh, I, I didn't think that was right now. I thought that was like... So did I. Yeah, he was just in the ring. No entrance. Oh, Dusty says, um, I want to see the footage. You know what I'm talking about. Let's talk about Turning Point. Talking about... Um, Triple X America just wanted six heads of steel. Let's finish it once and for all. So Dusty is going to raise the bar a little bit. Ooh, a stipulation. The team that loses cannot wrestle together ever again in TNA. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if I've ever liked those stipulations because they never hold true. So I was talking about the Kings of Wrestling. Scott Hall, Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash. If you don't stop this thing now. Okay, so they're going to continue to do it if they don't stop it. This is the new sex storyline. They're going to strangle TNA. <laughs> he goes, if 10 guys want to jump him, you don't need no contract for me. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> mm. so, so he's calling for, for uh, people to stop him. 
Wait. He's got he's got someone here tonight for the Kings of Wrestling. He's gonna be in this building, in this ring, in this house. And that's the dream gospel. Okay. Is it my it's gotta be my turn. Oh. They were just saying that Dusty was in limo number two. Okay, so we it so it's DDP and Dusty. Okay. Reading a Piper's pet recap about we're probably teasing that tag team match with Snuka and Piper. The match that Bob really is dying to see. I mean, I think it would be a good match. I just think the way that we've gotten to it is just kind of ridiculous. You don't think? Wait, you think that if Jimmy Snuka, do you think it's gonna be Jimmy Snuka and Piper versus um, Kid Cash and Kazarian? Well, I'm sure that well, his Piper's condemned what Cash has done. So I, I would imagine that in Cash's corner it would be Piper and Snuka, in Dutt's corner, and then in Cash's corner it would be Michael Shane and Kazarian. Speak of the devil. I, I must know what I'm talking about. Is he going to be Matt Bentley or is he Michael Shane? What? I say I say Michael Shane. Yeah. Well, they're look they're laying uh, Tracy right now. She's getting laid by Kazarian and Michael Shane. See. Okay, we'll never know, dude. There's no oh, there you go. Michael Shane and Tracy and Kazarian. Flowy hair Kazarian is really funny to me. Here comes Kid Cash. Uh, speaking of Kid Cash, uh, okay. apparently he's been behaving. Um, and in the dre- in in the dressing room, Bob, he now spends a lot of his time uh, with his college books studying how to be a chiropractor. Ah. Well, good. He's taking the energy towards something uh, positive. Right. And uh, Dave says, you can't knock him for having foresight, kind of teasing the fact that <laughs> he might be fired. Yeah. The yeah, TNA is. Uh, I mean, here comes Sanjay Dutt. Hey, and speaking of Sanjay Dutt, Bob, and who's he with? He's with Hector Garza and Sonny Siaki. Sonny Siaki. Um, apparently, the Washington Post had a story on Dutt, uh, largely because he's a senior at George Washington University. Um, and in that, he said that at college, nobody knows him and nobody but a few teachers who he's talked to because he has to miss a class knows that he's even a wrestler, which speaks volumes to how TNA exposure uh, brings these days. And apparently he graduates next month. I was just going to say, dude, no one knows who he is. That's pretty bad. If he was in WWE, I'm sure everybody would know who he is. But then again, Friday afternoons at three, people are probably in class. Right. I do believe that's my final note for the night, by the way. Yeah, now we got another highlight package. Bob, give us the indie notes. Oh, shit. Let's hear it. This is perfect time. There's a highlight package. Good fucking call, dude. Um, okay, November 13th, Frankie Kazarian lost the Pro Wrestling Gorilla Championship to Super Dragon. At a show called Free Admission. And then in parentheses, just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. And then uh, let's see what Sanjay Dutt has done here. He. Uh, okay, on November 14th, Sanjay Dutt retained the Combat Zone Wrestling Junior Heavyweight Championship in a three-way when he defeated Jimmy Rave and M-Dog 20. At CZW's Night of Infamy 3. 
at the ECW arena. And then I'm pretty sure that Sonny Siaki did absolutely fucking nothing because he never does anything. Or at least he usually doesn't. Let's see. He... We're back from commercial, by the way, and we've already missed uh, about two and a half minutes of this match, apparently. Jackie Hammer, we got Kid Cash, former oh. Exhibition Champion. Wait. They said that during the off-air time, Kid Cash used the coconut on Sunny Siaki. The ref saw and has restarted the match. That's why we're three minutes in. Wait a minute. He he used it on Siaki? Yeah, and the ref saw, so he restarted the match. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. You're telling me that they, the Siaki wouldn't have sold the coconut shot for longer than what he did? I think they made that up. <laughs> I mean, he's got the coconut right there, but I don't think he actually... Uh, well, now he hit him. He, wait, he just said he could catch Siaki again. Here's the cover. Three. Wow. Okay. That match was nothing. So did they just... Do- Wait, why is Shark Boy out here? Bro, did they just tell the finish before we no. saw it? No, he said again. And see, they're saying we're going to restart it again. Shark Boy just slammed Michael Jane. What is going on? Referee's distracted with JB. Warash, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. A three way uh, top rope situation. Look at Hector Garza wasn't ready, so he just did a splash instead of the Tornillo. Yeah. Tornillo. Oh shit. Here's Jarrett. Oh wait, now what I'm gonna say about this right now, Kings of Wrestling beating up X Division guys. Dot uh Hector Garza and Shark Boy. What I'm gonna say is this makes a lot more sense than beating up your top baby faces. I feel yeah. like like make them look strong. Jarrett has to go, Kings of Wrestling, and then he does the stroke. Here's the edge. Um, and then here comes down. the jackknife. Jackknife. See you later. What I like about the jackknife is it looks very unhinged, but they never get hurt. Like, he, they land pretty good. But it looks, like, so chaotic because he's just like, blah. Do you think we'll get, a, like, a Hall Jarrett Nash six-man on TV? Before the pay-per-view? Nah. Not before the pay-per-view, right? There's no way. Wait, here's Jeff Hardy. Was Jeff Hardy in the limo? I swear to God. Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. Wait, Wait. they're waiting. Okay, they're waiting for somebody. It's not going to be Macho. Love Jeff Hardy's weird pants. This is going to be. They're pointing. Who is it? Oh my That's macho God. Man, it? Holy shit. shit. I never knew that he was on impact. <laughs> Limo number three. What the hell? He wasn't left bloody this time, folks. Get the fuck out of here, bro. What? He's got his long trench coat on. Oh, shit. Jarrett's in the ring. Otherwise, left. No. Lays in a punch on Jarrett. He bails.
He's got the microphone. Um, all six guys tag team match from hell at turning point. And he does his oh yeah. Give us one, Bob. Give us an oh yeah. Oh yeah. Literally sounded exactly like that on the show. <laughs> so it, he just announced it is Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and Randy Savage versus Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall at Turning Point. Michael Shane and Cash yeah. <laughs> because they're just standing on the other on the, uh, behind them on the ramp there. A dream six man tag, they're saying. Are we Minute. ending this on a figure thing? Because we're at 46 minutes and six seconds. So we have another three and a half minutes left. Of I have a feeling that it's just a turning point promotion. Right. So we can talk about the show over this. Yes, it's kind I, of- would ha- I would have to think so. Because yeah. they said that match was the main event. Right. Um, I, uh, I don't think the matches were super great during that show, but I had a lot of fun. So I liked it. Thumbs up. I feel like this was the show that you wanted in terms yes. of like, and you know, creating or advancing things. This is we what have, I wanted. The after Victory Road. Yeah. So we have quite a f- few things announced here. We have the six man tag, Williams and Saban, the cage match with AMW and Triple X, and at, very heavily hinting at Abyss and Monty Brown. Abyss and Monty Brown, and then also DDP Raven. DDP Raven. Yeah. I mean. Whoa. That's a strong vibe. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, dude. I would that's... assume Cash and Dot. Whether it be it has to be, it has to be six man tag or something. But wow. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I think um, Turning Point's shaping up to have a pretty uh, interesting card, strong card. I'd say so, man. And there's the since the tag team match is a cage match, it's got a mega stipulation. Right. The only thing right now that I'm questioning is our tag team champions are apparently injured. Are their titles going to be on the line? And sorry, I was just looking because they were talking about Sting and showing Sting footage, which is heavily insinuating that Sting is going to show up. Um, and right now we don't have a heavyweight title match. So that is the only downfall I'm seeing right now at Turning Point. Two titles of your three are not on the line. Right, so I'm kind of thinking that maybe um, Three Life Crew would lose the titles in a rematch to like Team Canada or something, and then AMW win the titles from them, and then that's how you set up your eventual Hall and Nash against AMW. How do you not give us Hall and Nash versus America's Most Wanted? Yeah, I mean you have to. I mean they jo- they saying that six man is a dream match. No, it is not a dream match. I want to see America's Most Wanted versus the Outsiders. I do too. I don't think I've ever sat and been like, "Wow, I really wish I could see Randy Savage team up with AJ Styles and Jeff <laughs> Hardy, and Jared Hall, and Nash." No, dude, I mean, that just sounds no. like a dream match to me. It's silly. But then, like, if I saw Hall and Nash come in here, I'd be like, "Oh, I'd, Hall and Nash and AMW, that could be." Look, th- oh, that's a different camera angle of the the red attack. They're showing us everything again. Literally, what we just saw. Well, you know, we have. We have short memories here in the wrestling world. There's still 30 seconds left, guys, of literally what we just saw. I'm telling you! Tag team match from hell. I feel like you just said hell just to add to it. 
Well, because it sounds cooler, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tag team match from hell. Oh, what does that mean? It's just a tag team match. It's just a tag team match. <laughs> but from hell. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that, like you said, the action-wise left a lot to be desired, but when you have an hour show and you're trying to promote, I would probably say eight to nine pay-per-view matches, I mean, you have to sacrifice probably some weeks. So, Right. So that's kind of where I am at. Um, I liked it. That was that was the kind of show I I wanted. Um, and that that if that was the show after Victory Road, I would have said, "Dude, this is perfect. Like we did it." Uh, but I liked it. I mean, we're progressing stuff. I don't think we're gonna see. The more I'm thinking about it, I don't think we're gonna see Nash and Hall in the ring before Victory Road. I think that's another like another draw. Is like they're gonna wrestle right. on. Uh, which I, you know what, it makes sense. I get why I get why that's the case. Yeah, you you absolutely have to hold off on them in the ring until the pay-per-view. Yeah, and then I th- the first showing, and then after the pay-per-view, you can have them on TV. But that first time, like that's like you said, that's got to be considered like a good draw. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, man, it's two weeks away. We have two Dude, I- more episodes of Impact already. And then it's Turning Point, which is another one of those shows, man, that is like, I'm just, re- I'm ready. I'm just ready to get there. And, it, you know, it's funny because la- I think it was, was it last week at the beginning of this show? I'm losing track. But Alvarez is like, they need to make sure that they don't have any bad shows. Well, they're freaking stacking it up real good again. Uh, they did it on the first one and they're doing it again. So, uh, so right. far, so good. If that's really how you're going to look at it. Yeah, no, I uh, absolutely agree. So, like we said, like the five matches or so that they've announced for uh, Turning Point, I think is uh, pretty pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope that at some point we can see Hall and Nash can see in W because that would be fun. But, uh, me too. Um, all right, Dallas, you got anything else for uh, this week's episode? No, man, that wraps it up. I'm ready to get out of here. We're almost at turning point. I have no jokes. Uh, I can't say we're getting off the exit at turning point like we did for Victory Road. It's not as fun. No. So, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we will be back for the November 23rd edition of Impact next week. Until then, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Collin Jr., and this has been the TNA Across the Line podcast.